Lunch with Pepper Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Well, it's always lo- lovely to chat to Wendy Nola, but particularly so when we've got her with us in studio. So nice to have you here, Wendy. Thanks, Welcome. Pippa. Yes, it's cold and wet, isn't it? Welcome to Cape Town <laughs> in all her glory. Yeah. Yes. Now, we're going to be talking about buying major appliances today and what you can reasonably expect in terms of how long the manufacturers mm-hmm. will carry on providing support and spares for them. We'll open the lines for your general calls after 1.30. Uh, Wendy, a couple of people have been complaining about the upcoming Rocking the Daisies Festival. Yes, so we'll touch more than on, a couple. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Touch briefly on that today and then probably go into more detail on it next week. Uh, but just remember, if you would like to comment, whether you want to join the appliance conversation now or call in with a general comment after half past one, the number to dial is 021-446-0567. And you can leave your voice notes on 072-567-1567. Over to you in the appliances, Wendy. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Having invested in a new appliance, for how many years do you think the manufacturer stroke retailer should have spares for it available to you should should it go in the blink blink breakdown or whatever so that you don't have to scrap this appliance mm. um you can instead have it repaired what do, what do you think is would be fair so my instinctive response would probably have been at least 10 years i would have said the same yeah. but in reality things have moved on from that um and it doesn't um work like that anymore we started thinking about this whole issue um, in response to an email we got from listeners Fred and Sue Stafford of Somerset West. So eight years ago, 2010, they redid their kitchen and they bought seven AEG appliances to go with this lovely new kitchen, two electric ovens, a warming drawer, a washing machine, tumble dryer, dishwasher and a fridge freezer. So recently the warming drawer stopped working and two weeks after that, almost as if planned, and there's, mm. uh, there are some conspiracy theories around that, the fridge also broke down. But getting them repaired proved anything but simple for the Staffords. And we have Fred on the line, I hope. Yes, we do, to tell us a bit more. Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for chatting to us this afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Now, these appliances are eight years old. Two of them broke down in quite rapid succession. Let's talk about what you did first. Did you try and phone the manufacturer for assistance, uh, AEG, at any point? I did, but <clears throat> all the instruction manual that you receive with the appliances, it, it gave me three uh, phone numbers, one in Cape Town, one in Joburg, and one in Durban. And every, I phoned all three of them, and the telecom come on the line saying, this, long, uh, this number is no longer uh, active. So there's no way I could contact AEG. So I got my a local um, repairman, he tried to repair it, and he said it, it needed the uh, the motherboard. And uh, after two weeks, he said it was unobtainable in the um, in South Africa. I even contacted my son in the UK, mm. and he contacted AEG, give him all the relevant information of the type of fridge freezer it is, and um, was informed it's a South African product, <laughs> and um, you can only get uh, parts for it for in South Africa. Oh, my word. So you told there are no parts in South Africa. You can't get them internationally. Um, the other thing that I think most people would have tried, uh, Fred, was to go to the store where you bought the appliances. Did you do that yeah, by well, any chance? To, yeah, at the end, I went to um, uh, Modern Electrics. I spent a lot of money with Modern Electrics. And I said, um, can you help me? Um, the three phone numbers I've tried are obsolete. Um, yes, we can contact AEG, they said. 
I said, well, can you give me the number and I will um, contact them personally? No, we cannot do that, but sure. we will contact them for you. So they said, I will phone you as soon as we get information. Two hours later, they phoned me back, said there's nothing they can do. Uh, your um, uh, fridge freezer is obsolete. Um, so I said, well, what should I do with it? He said, well, just throw it in the bin. That's all it's fit for. Oh, my goodness. What well, about the footprint? I mean, we're talking about the, 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 the world's coming to rack and ruin with plastics and this, and because of fridge freezer, I mean, it may be a stainless steel uh, doors, but it's basically plastic. And I'm just going to throw it away just because I need a circuit board. And they, they couldn't help me. They didn't want to help me. I thought that after-sales service was absolutely um, abysmal. Fred, just a question. When you purchased all those appliances, did you have any discussion uh, with the store around what sort of longevity you could expect from them? I mean, how long were you expecting that they would keep on working? Well, I thought 10 years, but uh, they gave me, a, I think it was a, a two-year guarantee. But they said uh, it's a fridge-freezer, especially the fridge-freezer. I mean, it, they work forever. Mm, yeah. Um, and, That's the way it used to be. And it's not like um, I've had a surge on, on the fridge freezer, you know, the, with ESCOM, because I have a, a surge uh, control uh, meter connected to it. So it, it certainly wasn't uh, ESCOM's problem. So it's not. Uh, it's just wear and tear we're talking about here, not some kind of electrical fault. Okay, Fred, let me just bounce this back to Wendy, because Fred contacted you, Wendy, and asked yes. if you could help. What did you do to follow up on the case? Okay, so I contacted Margaret Hirsch, who's the Chief of Operations Exec of National Appliance Retailer Hirsch's, and I asked her for her help, um, as I have done many times in my 20 years as a consumer journalist, because she's she's in the game and she's always willing to help. She contacted uh, Gareth Payne of Electrolux SA, the company which is app- apparently supplying the AG spares. And, well, um, there's a partial um, happy ending. Um, the Stafford's uh, one appliance is fixed. The fridge freezer, not yet. There was a part sent down that turned out to be not the correct one for, for their particular model. And so that's ongoing. But I think Fred is fairly confident that um, the repair is going to happen. Am I right, Fred? Yeah, very much so. And I must admit, Margaret Hurst, who I've never known, I've never even been to their department store or electrical appliance to help me like this. It's just unbelievable. I mean, obviously, in future, people want to realize, like modern electrics, just cast me aside. They didn't want to know. And I've spent hundreds of thousands of rand with them. I'd go to Hershey's tomorrow to buy any any electrical goods. Fred, it does come down to your trust in the brands as well. I mean, how do you feel? Uh, has this damaged your faith in the AEG brand? If you were to well, buy appliances uh, next time round, would you perhaps consider a different brand because of this experience? Well, you can see I come from the UK, so AEG is not a big seller, I don't think, in the, in the UK. But my wife is South African. And when we remodeled the um, the kitchen, she said she wanted all AEG appliances. She, she's had them in the past when she lived in Joburg, and um, it was brilliant. But perhaps because AEG now has gone with Electrolux, I don't know, because it is AEG Electrolux. Um, I, I'm disappointed, very. It's a German make, supposed to be top of the range, like a Rolls Royce. And um, after sales service, it, 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 it's absolutely so incredible. It's nothing.
There's two issues here. Yeah. There's the product itself, and then there's the then after sale. The, the two yeah. need to work together, clearly. So, okay. Well, Fred, thank you so much for talking to us. I'm so glad that there has been resolution in your case, or at least we're partly there and hopeful that it will be fully resolved. And thank you for sharing the story with us so the rest of the audience can learn from your experience. We are going to chat to Margaret Hirsch in a moment to give us some input. So, yeah. Wendy, uh, just to go back, though, you had a long conversation with Margaret about some of the issues surrounding the availability of spares and uh, and uh, not just about Fred's um, particular incidents, although Martin Mark was very helpful in getting his one resolved. I just want to make it very clear, Hirsch's is not involved in any way in Fred's story no, per se. I want no, everyone to be I'd, sure we're speaking to Margaret as an expert in appliances, exactly. not as the uh, the outlet concerned in the no, story. No. So let's say good afternoon to Margaret Hirsch, CEO at uh, Hirsch's, who are a national appliance retailer. Margaret, firstly, welcome to the, sto- uh, the show. And secondly, thank you so much for the effort you've put into to helping Fred get his, uh, his drama resolved. We really appreciate the, the extra mile you went. Well, it's only my pleasure. That's what I do on a daily basis. You know, at Hershey's, we repair between 250 and 300 appliances every day with a 99% success rate. So we really give it our best. We can only do what we can do, and obviously we're reliant on the supplier to have the spares that we need. But we, we really go the extra mile. We have a lot of spares. On any one day, I have over 3 million rands worth of spares in stock wow. to draw from. And um, so we can fix 99% of the things ourselves. Okay, so that was going to be one of my questions, whether you as the retailers feel an obligation to stock uh, spares, because it would seem that not everybody does, Margaret. No, they don't. But you must remember, we started as a repair company. My husband, who um, couldn't pass anything at school, his father said to him, you're never going to get your matric, so you better start working with your hands. (laughs) So he got a job as an apprentice, um, a fridge technician, and he served a seven-year apprenticeship and then became a journeyman. When I married him, he was still an apprentice, earning 25 rand a week. And um, so then we started our journey, and it was in the old days of um, 1971-72 when Alan J. Hellman started Game and Dion Friedlander started Dion. And Tony Fax was big in Joburg. And my husband, who was the repairman, said to his boss in Durban North, well, why don't we start discounting appliances? And he said, no, you're never going to do that. And he kept on saying it. He said, well, if you're so clever, why don't you start your own business? So we went from having two jobs and no children to having two children and no jobs in the space of one year. <laughs> and we started our business in Amshanga Rocks Drive, which was a great incentive to make it happen. And we started just as a repair company. That's all we did. We only fixed fridges and soap and washing machines. So that's where our history comes from. And from there, it graduated to selling the plants. And sometimes you can't fix something. And then we would, what we would do is we'd sell the customer a new one. And that's how our whole business started. And uh, we still do that today. We still have our own repairmen in the major cities. I work Monday, Tuesday, Joburg, Wednesday, Thursday, Cape Town, Friday, Saturday, Joburg every week. Wow. And I go around and I just make sure that everything is up to speed. So we have a massive space department, massive repair department, and we fix everything from hand blenders to toasters and kettles right up to fridges, stoves, washing machines, air conditioners, everything okay. else. Now, Margaret, obviously you can only stock the, uh, the, the spare parts which are made available by the supplier. On average, what should be our expectations and your experience as consumers when we buy a major appliance what is a reasonable amount of time in today's environment to expect that spares should be available 
Well, you know, we say up to five years. Three to five years, you're pretty sure you're going to get them. Five to eight years, maybe, but after that, definitely not. And that, that's the truth of it. And you have to be practical today. In the old days, I remember my old DeFi automate. I took it over from my mother, and it, it lasted her 30 years. You know, it was from the day she bought it to the day we scrapped it, it was 30 years. And it was still going strong. In fact, I actually gave it to a charity when I bought myself a new one. But today, it doesn't work like that. Nothing's the same as it was, you know. And I think we have to be practical. Also, in the old days, it Everybody kept a lot of spares and you could fix things and people were fixing things. Today we live in a disposable society. You take the new millennials, the generation X and Y, they don't want something that's fixed. If it's broken, chuck it around by a new one. And that's what people are thinking of today. They're not thinking of fixing it. Let's just put a bit of wire and a bit of tape on here and keep it going. Mm-mm. They don't want that. Hmm. I mean, there are many who would uh, disagree with that, that, that viewpoint on the world market and say that's why we're in the position we're in with so much waste being produced and so much pollution because we are too quick to throw away rather than try and fix. But it is what it is in reality. Hmm. The big question, of course, is, is how we, um, sort of how we align our expectations of the quality of the products that we're buying and their longevity with the reality of what you've just described. Because from what I hear you saying, that sort of concept that your fridge or washing machine is going to last you 20 years is one that you can no longer safely hold on to. That's the bottom line. You really can't. You've got to understand that the businesses have to keep going. In fact, in the old days, AG was the Rolls Royce. And they got into financial difficulties because they, their goods were so good that people never bought any more. They just lasted forever and ever. In fact, the German government at one stage had to step in and just get, you know, get them out of, of the red. So, uh, Today, you've got to be practical and understand that things have got what they call built-in obsolescence, that no matter how well you look after them, they're still going to self-destruct in a set period of time, which will make you buy another one, which will keep the company going, because if you don't, that company won't keep going. And in fact, a lot of people, like AEG at one stage, sourced products not from their own factories in Germany, but from other factories that were in Spain and Turkey and all around the world. Now, those factories also in the old days, companies kept going for years and years. Today, it's different. You know, it's really, really tough to stay in business. And in our industry, there's so many of our competitors that have closed down. So it's the same with AEG and the companies that they're sourced from, those factories have closed down. That's hmm. why we can't be struggling to get the parts. Okay, so what does that mean for us when we're buying an appliance, Margaret? What are the kinds of questions we should be asking before we hand over our cash? Well, you know, a lot of them today, what we've got, we've got the German appliances like the AEGs, the Miele's, the Bosch, those type of things. And then we've got the Korean appliances like the LGs and the Samsungs. Now, I always say you can't look into the future. You never know what's going to happen 10, 15 years down the line. But the products that we sell at Hershey's, we research them all ourselves. My husband's just come back from Korea yesterday, in fact, where he goes to research the products and we try and bring into our company the best, best possible products we can and where we can be sure that we're going to have have um, spares and service and where we can have um, a generic sort of compressor for a fridge or uh, you know something that we can use in a lot of different models so we uh, the products that we bring in we're pretty sure that are they're long lasting but they're not going to last 20 years they're going to last you five to eight to ten maximum i would say Okay, so you need to be asking questions about spares availability, whether generic parts will fit this appliance, etc. Yes, but you don't want it to have really niche parts then because the chances are five years down the line they just probably won't be available, it sounds like to me, Margaret. That's right. And, you know, also um, companies like Bosch fly their spares in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Their, their spares are kept in a central warehouse in Europe. 
and they fly them around the world. Our, our spares come in from there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and relay come in on different days. So a lot of the people where they used to keep the spares in stock can't do it. It's just not financially viable anymore. So they fly them in, especially sure. for, for clients, yeah. Okay. Margaret, just we're going to go to news in just a moment. If I can keep you on the line for a couple more minutes, I'd love to because I know you've got some advice to share with our audience on a couple of tips on keeping appliances going a little bit longer, uh, which I'm sure would be of use to everybody. And Vumani, I see your call. We'll also take your call after the news, so please don't go anywhere. Um, I've also got one or two questions coming in about the value of extended warranties, yes. given what we've just been told about parts. So we will tackle that before we go to the open line. Bear with us, please. Consumer Talk with Wendy Nola. You can join the conversation. The conversation continues around planned obsolescence of appliances and the availability of parts, how long it's reasonable to expect parts to be available. Uh, somebody on the WhatsApp line saying, my still perfectly working Electrolux, which is around about 10 years old, needs new dust bags and I can't find them anywhere. <laughs> I'm living in hope because somebody has promised to phone around and try and find some. Lee in Gordon's Bay says, my mum passed away recently. I'm sorry, Lee, but this is interesting. Her Philco fridge freezer was 72 years old Gosh. and still working. Just this goes go. to show they made things to last way back then. Wow, a 72-year-old fridge is not bad going at all, Lee. Thanks for that. Um, we've got uh, Vumani on the line from Claremont uh, wanting to, to talk about this issue of the disposable society, as Margaret called it, that people don't want to fix. They'd rather throw away and buy new. Vumani, I believe you want to talk about a movement that is really pushing back against that way of looking at the world. Good afternoon. Yes, hi there, Wendy. Uh, I'm really loving your, your show at the moment. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to talk about, yeah, there's a lot of companies. Uh, I mean, this, this society is not only driven by consumerism, but it's also driven by, by the chase for profit. So, like, there's a lot of uh, companies that, that don't actually give you the right to fix your, your own device. Uh, and, and a lot of people, like, sort of lose their guarantees, they lose their warranties. And there's been a lot of, like, um, markets, the way we have, like, food markets, in the U.S. and in Latin America, they have um, repair markets where people can take their, their broken appliances and, and, and there's people there who are willing to help and, and fix their devices. So I just wanted to, to, to ask you, Paula, in terms of companies sort of restricting people to actually fix their devices, like where do they stand on that? It's an interesting question, Vimani. Let's, oh, we've lost Margaret. Uh, I'm going to see if we can get her back to answer that question. Not quite sure what happened there uh, with the phone line, but Vimani, please keep listening and I will ask her that question as to where they stand with regard to that, uh, the customer's right to fix their own appliance. Because, Wendy, it does, um, we know from previous case studies, in fact, that we've had on this show, the minute you take up the screwdriver and open the appliance, you have voided. You've, you've, you've voided the, the warranty. warranty. Exactly. Yeah. But we're talking about, um, Today's topic is around the older appliance, older as in sort of five onwards, say. And in that case, there is no warranty, except, of course, if you've taken out an extended warranty. And that's what I wanted to ask Margaret about. We've because, got Margaret back. Okay, so, yes. Great. Okay. So before we get so, to the warranties, yes. Margaret, uh, would you like to respond to Vumani's call about this, the right to fix appliances? 
Um, I didn't hear what it was because I got cut off there. She just asked me um, for my email address, which I gave. To <laughs> okay, sorry, Margaret. I'm not quite sure what yeah. happened. Okay, Vumani was just commenting that in, uh, for example, in, in, in USA and Latin America, there are enti- entire repair markets where you can take your appliances to people who will fix them for you. That you have yes. the, uh, but 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 questioning what that impact is on your warranty because many appliances uh, come with with very strict conditions around the warranties. Yeah, so when you buy a new appliance, it will come with a warranty, and it's usually a small appliance is one year, a larger appliance is two years, and then there are different ones like Hisense, for instance, their TVs are three years, um, Bosch give a three-year guarantee, a five-year on their built-in appliances, so they're all different, but what we discovered is in the old days, uh, we were just, you know, oh, it's just out of guarantee, in fact, I had a lady from me this morning, it's just out of guarantee, can you make a plan? And in the old days, we could make a plan, but now, of course, everything's computerized, and you can't make a plan. If it's one minute out of guarantee, that's it. So that's when we started our extended warranty, so we could extend your warranty, so if you had a two-year guarantee, you could do two plus two or two plus three, so that you knew for five years you would be hassle-free. You wouldn't have a, a worry in the world. And we do that with all our appliances that we sell at Hershey's. We do offer the extended warranties. What happens after the extended warranty? Well, 90, as I said, 99% of the time we can fix them. There's always a way you can make a plan. But some of them are really old, and some of them just come, you know, they they weigh out. People brought them in from overseas when they immigrated, immigrated and that type of thing. So those you can't fix. But 99%, so I think if you're looking for an appliance, look for a company where they have their own in-house repair people like we do. We have our own repair companies, Durban, Cape Town, and Joburg, and we try and service as much of South Africa as we can. We also work for our suppliers because they've got their own repair people in all the smaller towns, and they help us out and go and, and help us with extended warranties and out-of-warranty calls. Okay. So I think that's a very important thing to look for. Yeah. As always, always ask the after sales questions, which yeah. very few people, people do. actually do. Yeah. So entranced with your new shiny thing. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you about extended warranties, Margaret, because the consumer bodies around the world, um, advise consumers against them in most cases because they say, you know, this is just extra revenue for, for the company selling them, especially on some items such as you mentioned yourself as something like a tumble dryer. They're not known to go wrong and, um, dishwashers and that sort of thing. So you're better off, um, saving that money. And if you do have to have a repair, it will, it will be unlikely to cost you what you paid for that extended warranty. Um, but so in the old days, that was the case. But today, with labor being so expensive, you know, a call-out fee can be anything from 450 up to 1,000 rand. Okay. I mean, I called a plumber the other day, and it was 800 rand for him to knock on the door in so much a half an hour. Yeah. So in the, in the old days, it was like that. But today, it's very, very expensive to have a... a Something like ah, a TV repaired. Okay. Now, you take a TV, the new flat screen TVs, they've got those bulbs in them that only last for so much time. And so you might be having, you might have looked after your TV really well, but then it goes, and my goodness, it's really expensive to fix. To fix is almost the same price. Okay. As a new TV. So I need to revise so my, my advice then because of the escalating costs of the repair. All right. That's good mm, to know. That makes sense. So, yeah. so the price of labor has gone up so much that your extended warranty on, say, a washing machine will be about 600 Rand. Whereas a call out fee is more than six hundred. Okay, gotcha. So it's going to now be worthwhile for you to get an extended warranty. Okay. And I know, I mean, I've just bought a new car and I said, I want the longest extended warranty you've got because I don't want to have that you know, expense. I just rather budget now and know. Yes. And that's what I advise customers to do. And, and something like a tumble dryer, if you operate in the tumble dryer and you're a housewife and you know that there's fluff behind it, you put the vacuum cleaner on it once a week, you clean it out, it'll last you for a long time. But all of us today have domestic 
domestic workers and, and, and at Hershey's we trained domestic workers because I found that so many of them would, their madams would buy this expensive machine, they wouldn't know how to work it, they, she wouldn't say you've got to clean the fluff off the back of the tumble dryer, they would leave it, it would burn out, the madam would shout at them and they'd be very unhappy. So I bring them in now once a month in all our branches and we train domestic workers, this is how you service a washing machine, this is how you service a tumble dryer, this is how you clean the filters on your vacuum cleaner. And we found that the ladies who are doing this are so much happier in their jobs and they, they, the ladies they work for are so much happier because they're not constantly buying new vacuum cleaners and new tumble dryers and new I, irons of the I same one. I must admit, I knew about taking the, the, the fluff, fluff the out, of the, out of the, um, the filter, you know, but I didn't know about vacuuming the back of a tumble dryer. That's news to me. No, you see, the back of the tumble dryer, some of the fluff goes into the filter, but you always get some that goes out the back. Okay, and that's okay. like a thick blanket on top of Oh, the, my the, word, the I'm going to do that. I'm going to check mine Can as well. Can you use one of the ones you use? It heats it up. Okay, so I'll yeah. use the one, the little uh, car vacuum. The one in the thing, front. If I can oh, yeah, yeah. Your hand vac. Yeah, Absolutely. hand vac. That's ideal. But Margaret, mm-hmm. I just wanted you to talk a little bit about washing machines because I asked you which yes. which uh, appliance is most likely to go wrong, and you said the washing machine. Won't you just explain quickly why that is well, and what we can do to mitigate that? Well, uh, you know, most washing machines go wrong because they've been overloaded. And I work with women all day, and I go into the houses. They stuff everything they Towels. can possibly find into the washing machine. They pile it up and let it go, and you know, put it on a twelve hundred spin, and that poor drum's going around twelve hundred revs a minute. With you know, it's a six kg machine with ten kgs of towels in it. So, um, you know, that's what that's why they break. So the whole thing is also to just put when you put your washing into the machine, you should be able to fit your, at least your fist on top of the, of the stuff. Okay. You cram it in and jam it up. The second thing people do is they underdose a lot or they overdose, one of the two. If you underdose, if you're getting black spots on your washing, you're underdosing, you're just not having the right amount of powder in it to be able to take the dirt out of the machine. So you've got an inner and outer drum in that machine and you get what's called fat lice, which is where you get the scum of, of soap which goes mildew on it and those little black spots come yes. back into your washing. So you underdosing? That into account. That's underdosing, yes. Okay. Um, but the Hands new washing guilty. machine. Guilty. Guilty <laughs> Okay, so Margaret, um, the takeaway is really be very particular about the amount of product you're using in the appliances if you are using soaps, well, etc. Well, you're so lucky because the new appliances, what we've done is you actually put your, your um, powder or your liquid or whatever into the machine and yes. it will take exactly the right amount that it needs. So with the new brush, the new stems, the new melees, you, you actually put the stuff into the machine and it takes just the amount it needs. So you won't ever have that in the future, yeah. Ah, uh, excellent. Margaret, thank you, Margaret. Thank you. You've been incredibly helpful with a lot of information for us to take away and apply in our own homes. Really appreciate your help. And once again, thank you for helping with our caller, Fred. Uh, it wasn't an appliance bought at a Hersher's store. Margaret just did that out of the goodness uh, of her own heart to help because us with I resolution. Asked her, as I always Wendy do, and she never yeah. expects anything in return. So thank you, Margaret. We, we, great to have you with us today, Margaret. Uh, we'll reflect some of your messages coming through about uh, appliances and also take your open line calls right after this. Consumer Talk. Open line. That is your signal to start calling with your open line questions on 021-446-0567. Just one tip, Wendy, and I thought we should tell you about. If you are struggling with your washing machine, um, we just heard about the underdosing, Wendy, but I think a lot of people err on the side of overdosing and it can clog up the interiors of the washing machine quite badly. I believe Margaret gave you a tip on how to deal with that. She did. Um, 
Let me just find it. Well, she said something about um, it was something to do with softener, which I don't the do. She fabric said softener, to, yes. to um, stop clogging and fabric softener hardening. She says um, there's something in the in the fabric softener um, that leads to it hardening. She said you need to rinse the drawer regularly or just pour, pour in some boiling water from time to time to get rid of whatever clogging is So there. into that drawer where into you put your drawer, detergents yeah. in. If you can take it right out and rinse it out, that's it's, the ideal. It's a grim task, but, yeah. but it's, it is worth doing. Otherwise, yeah. pour some hot water down. Who knew? Fantastic. <laughs> okay. So the, here's a story of and a half. Uh, firstly, we're getting a lot of people telling us about fantastic old appliances that are still going strong. Kathy says, <laughs> I'm still using a D5424 stove from 1972, and I can still get I the parts for it. I had one of those. It. Somebody wow. else says, my mom recently replaced her 60-year-old working Fuchsware, was Fuchsware, Fuchsware yes. due to uh, limited space. <laughs> so she needed a bigger model. Um, here's another. Helene saying, I'm cooking on a D5420 stove bought 40 years ago, and all of the spares are still available from Defy in Montague Gardens. So that is great to know. Um, Rosemary says, I bought a Defy washing machine five years ago, and it went wrong recently. Needed a new circuit board, which cost nearly 3,000 rand. So I felt it wasn't worth fixing and ended up buying a new machine. I have always had Defy and they always lasted years before now. So I was rather shocked when this one packed up so soon and expensively. I made sure I bought another model and a much simpler machine that doesn't have all the features my old ones had. Less to go wrong Mm. is what I'm hoping. Mm. And yeah, I went through the same process, Rosemary. I had to replace a washing machine a a couple of weeks ago. And I also looked at all these fancy functions and thought, you know what, I'm going to go with the simpler. Less to go wrong. Fewer parts to break and be replaced. Mm. So I've made a similar... Underdose. Similar decision, but I won't underdose or <laughs> overdose on the detergent. Here's a story from Ruth on the SMS line saying, we have a freezer bought in 2003. I asked the appliance man a month ago if the door rubber could be replaced. And he said, Bosch don't make that seal anymore. So I decided to repair it with silicone. We taped off the on and off knob as it kept on disconnecting. He quoted 6,000 rand for the computer board, plus his labor still to be added on top of that. Uh, so we said no. In the last two weeks, the tape kept stretching and it would switch off. My husband suggested matches, so we stuck three oh, no. broken toothpicks into the space next to the on and off switch. No cost, and the freezer has been running since Sunday. So much for throwaway appliances. We fixed them <laughs> with, with a couple of to- broken toothpicks. If you've uh, got the time and the ingenuity and the creativity to 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 fix it, I guess you've got to say yeah, can, and hope that can they electrocute themselves. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, Ruth, thank you very much for that feedback. Um, few people telling us about insurance specifically for appliances. Errol on the WhatsApp saying you can take out appliance That's insurance true. that covers you for repairs and replacement. One or two people suggesting that they've gone with a company called Mastercare for that insurance and had really great success. It works out much cheaper than repairing myself says Mike. And a second one from Larry saying I've recently used Mastercare for a relatively new appliance. Uh, it wasn't readily available but their national footprint helped them source That's great. Spares. Mastercare went through a very rough Patch went under business review and I was getting inundated with complaints, but it's nice to hear they've pulled themselves out of that. And it is an option, yes, if you want to mitigate against a a, a bill shock when an appliance goes wrong. Yeah, Yeah. either to replace or because um, it's a very hefty repair. Cynthia saying, okay, if the products are only built to last five years, why are we still paying the same price (laughs) as we would? Uh, Appliances are so expensive, they should work forever. And here's an interesting comment from somebody on what New Zealand does. Uh, This person tells me in Auckland, the municipality does an old appliances collection three or four times a year. The homeowners just put them out on the verge and they are collected, old computers, lawnmowers, 
couches, anything, they take them for repairs and then recycle them at low cost. That's it's a, wonderful. That's a fantastic. Yes, I have family there, and, and I can vouch for that. That yeah, the government does a lot of wonderful recycling. Um, initiatives uh, from appliances to you know waste and all sorts of things they're very very into into, into that sort of circular economy thing and that's, that's wonderful okay now we do want to move into uh, a couple of open line questions and uh, a, a reminder you can call us on 021-446-0567 in the meantime though Wendy just a heads up this is a story which is still under investigation and will probably feature next week but we've been inundated with calls and emails from people complaining about their rocking the daisies tickets. Uh, I think most of our listeners are aware uh, this is a big music festival. Yes. It's been going for 13 plus years now. Yes. Um, you've also been receiving complaints. Won't you just uh, outline for us what, what's going on? What's okay. the problem? Essentially, it's the same complaint from listeners young and older like who have um, been to the festival in the past. The festival recently announced a total ban on Bring Your Own Alcohol and, and all forms of liquids, actually, but only after they had started selling the tickets. So this obviously has an impact on the cost of attending the event as, you know, you now have to, you have no option but to buy your drinks there at festival prices. The directors say that they've kept the prices very low. They're not making a massive profit, but still it is, a, it is more expensive for those um, who've now bought the ticket. And, and it was never the case in the previous 13 years of the event where consumers Festival goers were allowed to take their own liquids with them, provided they weren't in a glass. So a number of listeners tried to return their tickets for a refund, um, but they were told they couldn't do so. Their only option was to sell them on uh, via Ticket Pony, but that site apparently has more than a thousand tickets on it for sale currently because of this whole thing. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of upset people there who are being told, "Sorry for you, we're not giving your money back." So, two—I mean, two issues here. The one is uh, the, the refund issue. Do they have the right to expect a refund? But also, I mean, it sounds to me th- this was only announced. This change in the policy about I'll, I'll, uh, bringing your own with mm. you was was announced after ticket sales exactly. had, had been open. So, that's effectively changing the terms and conditions after you've concluded the sale. Surely yes. that can't be uh, in no. line with the law. No. Um, um, and yeah, there's a petition going um, around demanding refunds. Um, yeah, I had a look just before we came to air. Something like 2,600 yeah, odd wow. people had already signed that petition as of 12 o'clock uh, today. So, uh, okay, look, as, as we said, this is still an investigation. I know you have been it in is. touch with the festival director. I have. So, so for me as a consumer journalist, the issue is um, a straight CPA one, Consumer Protection Act, um, that people chose to spend on a f- ticket or on tickets for this festival on the basis that they could take their own alcohol, as has been the case always. Mm-hmm. Um, only after they paid did this very last-minute announcement that that affects their pockets yes, um, be announced. And so they were misled, basically. And so as far as my reading, I've only been doing this for a few years, but as far as my reading of the Consumer Protection Act goes, um, they most definitely are legally entitled to a refund. And I've been very impressed with how many of the complainants have, um, before they've come to me, have actually read the CPA and then listed the sections which Rocking the Daisies organizers are transgressing. And there are a number of them. So I've been in touch with the festival organizer and with several of the complainants. And I'm happy, as you said, to give more feedback next week. But... um, 
Yeah, and we could possibly get um, a CPA lawyer in. I think that's but a great idea to comment. I, yeah. I don't. They, they, the organisers say that they have taken legal advice on this, um, but so I'd be very interested to hear on what grounds they think they're being advised. They it's okay. Are, uh, above board was the word that the director used with me, um, because I, I can't see how it can be defended on that on that basis. So a very interesting one because obviously yeah. they're in a tough spot now. Um, because they have, they've planned to do this. They've got a, a, a aluminium can that apparently they're going to dispense drinks in and it's going to be fully recyclable and all of that. But why do it now in a rush? Yeah, and why only have, announce it after yeah. people have already so that's bought that's the problem. Here. Okay, so if, if you are affected, um, we will... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about it next week. If you have got something to add, we've got several complainants who've raised the issue of the change in terms and conditions and the issue of whether you are allowed a refund or not. So, But if you've got an additional element you wish to add to that story, please drop me a line to pippah at capetalk.co.za and I'll feed that through to Wendy for next week's show. Um, all right. In the meantime, let's go back to appliances. And uh, Dion in Blue Downs, uh, you've got the story of an amp that only worked for two days. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Pippa. Good afternoon, uh, uh, the other lady there. <laughs> it's I, I Wendy. Bought, yeah. <laughs> Wendy, sorry. I, I bought a, a, a combo, what they call a combo, you know, the amp with the two speakers. Um, uh, at the, I don't know if I can name the shop. Um, Cash Crusade. Okay. Cash Crusaders. Ah, so and, it wasn't um, new. It was no brand new. Oh, brand, brand new. Okay. Brand new. Okay. And uh, after using it, well, I didn't even use it the first day. Or this, uh, I only used it the second day. And after using it uh, for one hour, the one speaker blew. And uh, taking it then, after taking it back, uh, I think it was a day or two after that. They just point blank refused to fix it for me. Uh, they say it's going to cost me uh, X amount, and, and and because their policy doesn't state that they don't refund or you know fix uh, something. Okay, yeah. let me I ask. I was just wondering. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this: Did they allege that you had somehow abused the, the system by cranking up the volume to? That that is what they suggest I did, but it was amp which the. Which the lady on the floor told me that is the perfect amp. Uh, I wasn't even going to buy the amp, but because of her insisting that I must buy the amp with the speakers, I did it. You know, okay. uh, thinking that my guarantee would then be better. You know, but yeah. All right. So they're not saying that they don't offer, they don't guarantee them. They're saying that the guarantee or the warranty doesn't apply to you because you abused the the product. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they can't just unilaterally just say that they aren't technicians sitting in the store. If they're going to do that, they need to send the amp off for a technical assessment. No, no, I must, I must say they did uh, send the the speaker away. Oh, but I mean that that's it. I mean. Uh, okay, so that's so, so that's a mm. tricky one for us sitting here without um, any technical knowledge or you know no, um, we don't have the ability to to second guess what a, a supposed expert had to say. But that is the one. You would have a six-month um, warranty on that product unless you abused it. So um, I don't know how we take that further if they have a report saying that the amp blew or the speaker blew because you, you abused the product. It's a tricky one. That's mm. the one time that they don't have to um, honor that warranty, I'm afraid. Sorry, Dion, not the answer you were hoping for, I, I guess, but uh, th that is the reality. Okay, we have to wrap things up there, Wendy. We look forward to next week's conversation where we'll pick up on the Rocking the Daisy story and more of your open line queries. In the meantime, just a reminder of how listeners should uh, reach out to you if they'd like to raise a case uh, with you, Wendy. Sure, they can email me on consumer at nola.co.za, nola spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R, 
Um, also via Facebook, which is Wendy Nola Consumer, and there's a little tab there, send email, which um, they're welcome to do. Okay, and if you are sending an email, please just a request to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line yes, and please. just a word or two describing the nature of the problem. It just makes it easy for all of us to identify and, uh, and group together like-minded complaints as well. Chat to you next week, Wendy. Thanks, Papa.